For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Okay, we're ready to go. You ready? Ready to go. Here we go. Three, two, one. Happy to be joined by the Super Bowl champion, Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. Uh, Patrick, I I think when I knew I was going to be talking to you, the one thing I was really dying to ask you is something I asked Eli Manning after he beat New England in the Super Bowl. Now it's eight years ago. He made a pass in that game, an absolutely perfect throw to Mario Manningham that Mm -hmm. traveled 48 yards in the air. And it looked like if there was only one place in between two Patriots that the ball could go and he completed it. And that was the key play in them winning the game. And now when I think of you and I think of that Super Bowl, I think a two, three jet chip wasp, you know, the play that obviously everybody knows it's third and 15 midway through the fourth quarter you're down by 10 and you've got to make something happen I wonder now when you look back on that play what do you remember about it yeah well it was a a, first of all it was a play that we had worked on specifically for that this that type of defense Um, not necessarily that moment but in in a third and long situation uh, that we were going to try to get called uh, or a first down situation. We were trying to find a situation where they weren't pressuring, where they weren't where they weren't bringing anybody extra, and uh, that was the 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 time. And we we were able to call the play uh, at a good time where the offensive line gave us good protection, and then Tyreek ran a heck of a route where he was able to run all the way across the safety's face and then and then back back towards the the, the pylon. And I, I just was able to put it out there far enough. Wasn't as good as Eli's throw. Eli's throw was was money on the sideline there, um, but I got yeah. it down there enough that we were able to change the momentum of the game and then find a way to to go go get on a uh, touchdown and then get another drive and get a touchdown and win the Super Bowl. I, I'll ask you the same question I asked Eli Manning about a week after the game. How does it feel in one of the biggest points of your life? You'll you know you're down in the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl. You have to make something happen right there. You made it happen right there, same as Eli Manning did eight years ago. What does that feel like to you, and what do you think it says about Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I think uh, uh, the biggest thing is I'll be able to have that memory forever uh, with my brothers, with the guys that have went through the adversity of finding a way to win uh, together. And so, I mean, obviously it was it's a play that will get remembered for a long time, and I, it's, it's cool to be a part of history in that sense. Um, but uh, it was something where it was just uh, we all all together came came together and were able to make a play in a big moment uh, that will live on in the Chiefs kingdom forever. And uh, I'm excited that I was just a little part of it. Um, how often in this offseason 
did somebody come up to you and mention two, three jet ship wasp? Uh, dude, it was a, a ton of people. They were making t-shirts. They were doing all type of different stuff, hats and all type of merch and memorabilia about it. And so, uh, it, it was really cool. And, uh, I, I'm just glad that, that we were able to do it. Cause I mean, it was at a big point of the game and we were able to find a way to win the Super Bowl, and, that, and that's the most important thing. Let's talk a little bit about a couple of off season events. Number one, the pandemic, um, you know, what would you normally have done in the off season that you weren't able to do because of, you know, social distancing and staying away and wearing masks and things like that? What couldn't you do because of the pandemic? I think the really the only big thing that I couldn't do was I wasn't able to work out at the gym that I worked out at all the time. Um, it's a uh, I was able to a little bit uh, during the off season at that towards more towards the season and, and obviously at the very beginning. Um, but uh, I had to find a ways to work out at home. At first I was in the Airbnb. And so we were ordering the resistance bands and doing push-ups and pull-ups on whatever you could find. And it, it, it was, it was just the old school workout running around the neighborhood with the mask on and, and doing everything like that. And then I was able to buy a house uh, in Dallas. And when I bought a house in Dallas, it had a weight room and we had the, the full setup and I was able to work out there. But uh other than that, I mean, my off seasons are pretty consistent. Uh, I went on a few trips before everything got crazy. Um, I went to Pebble Beach and I went to Bandit Dunes and got to golf a little bit. And usually in my off season, all I do is work out and then I play golf and then I just kind of chill at the house and maybe play video games or hang out, hang out with my girlfriend and my dog. So I'm someone that usually is at home anyway. So it was pretty, pretty normal in that sense. Uh, obviously, uh, not normal with with everything going on in the world, but uh, it was uh, able to stay home and just hang out with everybody that I usually hang out with. You also, there was just a minor uh, uh, issue of uh, becoming the highest paid player in the 100 year history of the NFL and signing this contract that was incredibly eye popping. Um, when you think of a contract like that and the money you're going to make, what is it? about the money that you think that you're going to buy that you never ever would have bought in your life yeah i don't know if it's it's something that like crazy that i'm going to buy that that's something that i i wanted to buy like whenever i whenever i was kind of growing up obviously the things that I've, I, I can get i mean uh i get like cars that i want to get i can get the houses that i want to get but obviously for me it was about getting building generational wealth and building wealth for my kids and then my kids kids and I thought it was cool that now I'll have that security knowing that that whenever whenever I, I leave, that my family will be taken care of. And so uh, that that was the, the main part of it. And that's why I, I was happy with my deal and happy that uh, I'll have that financial security for, for a long, long time. I thought it was really interesting that you were a part of the player's video that Mike Thomas made uh, that he sort of orchestrated. And you were a part of Jamal Adams. Several players were, were a part of it. Take me into that because it happened on a spur of the moment where it's players basically saying, listen, Black Lives Matter. We want respect and we want the NFL to say, in essence, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, like you said, I mean, Mike, Mike Thomas was the one who, who, uh, who, who brought me the idea and showed me kind of what he was thinking. And obviously with everything that was happening uh, at that time with the George Floyd uh, murder and, and everything like that, I, we knew there was something that we needed to do and we needed to say. 
in order to get the the response that we wanted uh, from the NFL. And I think uh, the the video that we made it helped kind of uh, really activate and really continue the conversation and uh, really take that next step of we need to take action, we need to do something. And I think that's that's what you're seeing now is the action that's that's coming a part of it uh, from us. The Kansas City Chiefs with the, the Rise to Vote uh, campaign, and we're, we're trying to get everyone registered to vote. And other things that we're trying to do that hopefully we can announce here uh, soon. And then other things that the NFL is doing of trying to find ways to give to give into the, the Players Coalition and everything like that. Uh, we're just trying to make sure that we can take action and don't let this this moment uh, be forgotten of, of what happened th- throughout this offseason. And that football is obviously super important, but helping out the world is more important. And we're going to try to do that every single day. Do you remember where you were when you saw the George Floyd video for the first time and what you thought when you saw it? I was actually just, I was actually just at home and uh, I remember watching the video and I couldn't even, I couldn't even finish watching it. Uh, I had to stop and and just kind of, just kind of shake my head and think about what I was seeing. And uh, I think that's kind of how everybody was. I mean, everybody knew that that wasn't what was supposed to happen. Uh, Whenever we come into those altercations, we, we don't want to end with someone's death. And uh, I think uh, I think that that's what people really saw in that video was was him just pleading for his life and and, and his life uh, losing his life right there on the street and and something that I'll forever remember and and hopefully we can keep from happening again. I thought what was interesting about that video is that it was many of the biggest names in the game. This was not just, for instance, here you know your activist players, but who might not be quarterbacks, you know, because honestly in the past, a lot of the huge names haven't really wanted to put their necks out there like that. And the way you did, and particularly you didn't just say the words. I mean, you, you were passionate about the words. So tell me a little bit about that and what it actually means to you. Yeah, I think uh, the the biggest thing for me to be a part of that video was that obviously I, I, I love football, but I, I love trying to make the world a better place uh, even more. And I think uh, growing up how I've grown up and having a, a black dad and a white mom, I, I never was treated any differently. And I feel like no one should be treated any differently, no matter where, where they come from. And uh, I know that with my platform uh, that, that I have the ability to speak out and people will listen and people will at least listen to what I'm saying. And they might not agree with everything that I'm saying, but they're going to listen. And, and uh, I think having that platform, it's my job and my duty to do that is, is to speak up. And I think that just comes with the, 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 the trust that I, I have with the, the Chiefs is that, that they believe in me and they know that I'm going to think about whatever I say. And, and I'm going to do, do, the, do the right thing. And uh, I think uh, having, having people that I've grown around and been around and then having an organization that trusts me, that I can be who I am every single day, and uh, I'm going to do whatever I can to be the best person every single day. Not all fans want to see their superstar quarterbacks be very socially aware and outspoken and socially conscious. Are you ready to take the scorn from some that certainly is going to come as you stand up and talk about, Hey, everybody's got to vote. Uh, and, 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 you know, standing up and, and saying very stridently black lives matter. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be people either way. And I've noticed that throughout my whole life and I've had a great perspective throughout my whole life of seeing 
uh, my dad playing playing in New York on the Mets, and, and and they're writing bad things about him, or people are booing him because he throws one ball. Uh, and then knowing how to have thick skin and not listening to that, and really just understand what type of person and player that I am, and that that he was, and 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 that everyone is, and and knowing where my values are, and how much I care about people uh, more than I care about about playing on Sundays. And so uh, I'm gonna go out there and be the best person that I am every single day. Uh, hopefully, I have the support of, the, of all the fans uh, that have been with me since the beginning. And if 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 I don't, then those those fans. Weren't, weren't true friends, fans of Patrick Mahomes. They were just fans of what I did on the football field. And so uh, I, I really respect the people that are, that are going to, uh, whether they have the same beliefs with me or not, they're still going to support me for the person that I am uh, every single day. I want to ask you one other thing about your offseason that really I thought was kind of cool. I don't know what share of the team you own, but you bought a partial share of the Kansas City Royals. And my first thought was, man, I bet Patrick would rather be playing for the Royals than owning the Royals. So tell me what went into that. Yeah. I mean, obviously uh, I have a love for baseball. I've always loved baseball since I was a little kid. Um, never thought I would be on the ownership side of it. I thought I'd be playing for the team, obviously, but uh, no, uh, it was a thing where obviously if we're playing football. I, I play football. I love football and, and love everything that it's given me the opportunities that it's given me. Um, but uh, I wanted to do something to be a part of baseball, and I thought the best way to do that without making everybody in the Chiefs organization mad was to be on the ownership side of it. Um, so uh, I, I was able to talk to the Shermans, who, who own the, the majority owner of the Royals, and uh, we had talked to it for about a year since they had kind of taken ownership of the team, um, and and they, they wanted me to be a part of it, and I was super excited to be a part of it, and, and now I have a – have a small stake in there, um, but I was able to be a part of the Royals organization and they're, they're, they won a championship in I think 2015 and now they're building something again. And so I'm excited for the, for the journey and the, to be able to be a part of it and uh, hopefully be able to maybe hit some like BP or something one day, or just get out in the field and see what's going on. So it's interesting in Kansas city, it's sort of an old fashioned sports complex. You've got uh, Arrowhead stadium and then across a big parking lot, there's Kauffman Stadium. So they're both right there. So when you come into your complex, you can look over and see the baseball park. I wonder, do you ever look at that baseball stadium and think, man, someday I wish I could do that? Uh, no, yeah, I for sure look at it. And not even just me. I mean, me, Travis Kelsey and and uh, Anthony Sherman, our fullback, all of us talk about like, oh man, like our back in the baseball days of being able and trying to be at uh, the K and Kauffman Stadium, and you see the the crown over top of the scoreboard. You're like, man, that that's a that's a historic stadium. You remember Bo Jackson running up the wall out there and and throwing guys out from the outfield and everything like that. And so, uh, obviously, I uh, probably won't be able to li live those glory days up again. Uh, but maybe be able to go out there and try to hit BP and hit a few home runs on, over, over the fence or something like that. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com.
T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Um... One other thing about, you know, your off season, I wonder, you know, of all the things that you missed about football, because you couldn't have an off season program. Is there anything in a football sense that you weren't able to do this off season that you really kind of missed? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I, I got to work out with, work out with the guys a little bit, uh, throughout, through some high school fields and stuff like that through in Kansas city. Um, but, uh, I think the biggest thing that you miss is just not being in the football shape. And I think that's, that it's more for the kind of the receivers, DBs, linebackers, you guys are running around a lot. Um, I mean, no matter how much you work out, uh, you're not going to be in that football shape. And I think, uh, that's why we had this, this acclimation period, uh, for guys when they when they got back to try to do whatever they can to get themselves in football shape as quickly as possible. And uh, you're seeing it now when guys are coming back. Guys' legs are uh, – we started a little earlier than everybody else, but guys' legs are finally getting underneath them. They're able to do what they usually do. And uh, now it's about execution and trying to execute and try to get yourself ready to go for that first game. I mean, uh, we got a tough challenge coming out with the Houston Texans, who, who are a great football team, a playoff football team for the last few years. And uh, we understand that they're going to present a, a great challenge for us. And, and I'm excited to get, out back, get back out there on the field. Players work on things in the offseason. And even after you've won a Super Bowl, I'm sure you, you, know, you say, man, I want to get better at X. Give me one or two things that you've really focused on this offseason, even if they're little technical things that you've really worked on to try to get better as a football player. Uh, the biggest thing to me, I think, has been trying to diagnose defenses even quicker. Uh, I think that that's something that uh, I got a great challenge out of these first two years is uh, the, 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 the only knock about having such a good offense these first two years is we get to see several different defenses every single year. And we, I mean, every single game and different defenses that we scout for, different defenses that teams have played the entire year. And I'm trying to do my best job of being able to diagnose that quickly and being able to make the adjustments in time. Now, if you look at games like the Colts last year, whenever we, we played them early in the season, they came out of the defense they hadn't played uh, since that, that regime had, had been, had been a part of there. And so uh, we, we were kind of taken off guard we, we scored low points then they ended up beating us. And I want to be able to make those adjustments quicker um, and be able to go out there and have success at a, at a, at a faster pace. And so um, that's stuff that I've been looking at of trying to find different ways to, to make adjustments on the sideline quicker. And uh, hopefully that'll pay off and we'll see whenever the games come. I think one of the cool aspects of your team is how with few exceptions, you know, like uh, Duvernay Tardif at guard and, and Damian Williams, uh, you know, at running back, you're, you're a lot. You, you, you return almost all of your main guys. But I also think that after watching the Super Bowl and after seeing some of the NFL films footage afterwards, it is really important that you still can walk to the sidelines and see Eric Bieniemy 
And I know personally you wish that he was a head coach. I get it. But you got Biennemi, you got Mike Kafka, uh, and obviously you've got Andy Reid. Tell me if you can put into words what is the comfort level of knowing that when you come to the sidelines this year looking for your your new two-jet chip wasp, what is it like to have those guys there? I mean, it, it, it's amazing for me. I mean, obviously, like you said, I wish and I know that he should have been a head coach already with Coach Bien-Aimé. Um, But at the same time, uh, to be able to be here still and, and help me out and, and at those moments like the Super Bowl, I'm able to talk to him and ask him, hey, do we have time to run loss? And know that he, he gets that play to Coach Reed and we call that play in that situation because of the trust that we have with each other. Um, I think it, it, it's special. And I, I know it's special. And when I talk to guys like Chad Henney or Matt Moore who have been in different systems and – they see how special it is that we have Coach Reed and that we have Coach Bienemy and then Coach Kafka and and all the other all the other coaches that are in every single room that we have and how they all are a part of the same plan and all kind of think as of one mind. I think that 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 is that's special and it's something that I that I'm not going to take for granted. I know how special it is. What did you think when Eric Bienemy called you a competitive prick? <laughs> no, it, it's 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 just true. Eb, I mean that's just that's how he is and. Uh, I think the best part about it is he's exactly the same way. I mean, he, <laughs> he has that fire. He has that passion. And uh, it, it gets the best out of everybody. And uh, if you, he's going to hold everybody accountable. And uh, and if you, if you you know, I mean, you come to a Chiefs, a Chiefs practice, I mean, it's like a game out there. And you have the Honey Badger. You have Frank Clark, Chris Jones on the other side. And you have me, Tyree, uh, Travis Kelsey, all these guys. And we're going at it every single play. And I think that's – that's what, what gets the best out of every single team. You have to have guys that, that are going to treat every single practice play like it's the, the third and 15 in the Super Bowl. Two other things. Everybody says that after they sign a big contract, oh, you know what? The money's not going to change me. I don't play for the money. But I, I sometimes say, oh, come on. You've got to go to bed at night and say, okay, a little bit. All right, I've arrived. I mean, how do you prevent yourself? from getting fat and happy um i don't i've never even thought of the money as as something that that was the end all be all for me it's all about trying to leave a legacy and uh i know that i'm still early in my career um but i I think that i'm gonna do whatever i can to keep trying to win uh and keep trying to set the bar even higher and uh i think i'm in a great situation where I have a great coaching staff around me. I have a, a great organization around me and I obviously have great players around me. And so I'm going to do whatever I can to execute every single day and not take that for granted. Cause if you look at the careers of, of a, a lot of guys, a lot of different guys, I mean, guys that have started hot. I mean, guys have, have built throughout the middle of their career and, and guys have, have ended their career and, and won Super Bowls. But I want to be able to go out throughout my entire career and be able to never take a down, a downfall or, or a hiccup. I want to make sure that we keep building. And I keep progressing every single year. You know, in the in the off season, every year NFL Network puts out its top 100 players, and this year you were ranked number four on the list, and there were two quarterbacks ahead of you. And I just wonder when you first heard that. And look, you know, and I know that this list is not exactly the be all end all list, you know, of absolute the absolute truth. What did you think when you were rated number four on that list? I mean, obviously, uh, you want to be ranked number one. I think everybody does. Um, but you, like you said, you understand how the, how the list is, is made. You understand when it's made throughout the middle of the season, kind of right after I was injured. 
Um, but uh, at the same time, you want to be on top. And so I'm going to do whatever I can this next year to try to be on top of that list whenever it comes out. And we'll end with this. So, you know, the regular season starts now in a little over two weeks, three weeks. You know, how much mystery is there in your mind? Do you think, man, I wonder if we're going to be better. I wonder if we're going to be as good. In this weird offseason, not being able to practice very much, not having much contact, even though you are all together again, what kind of team do you think you'll have? I think we're going to have a great team. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, losing Damian and Larry, I mean, it's going to it's going to hurt a little bit. But at the same time, we added a lot of great players with with Rimmers and Coletio Simile and then the guys that were getting back from injury last year and then uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And so uh, we and, – and DeAndre Washington as well. So we, we have a ton of guys that we're adding to try to do whatever we can to make up the production that we, we did lose. And I think the offense is going to keep rolling and keep getting better with Coach Reed coming up with new plays every single day. Um, and then uh, I think on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's going to be special uh, to have that defense. You saw how they were playing at the end of the year last year. And I think that just comes with all those guys getting comfortable with each other and getting comfortable with uh, Coach Spaggs' system. And uh, I think uh, when you look at Coach Spaggs' system and you see how well that the defenses get after that first year of learning all the different things that he does, uh, I think you're going to see a special defense and hopefully our offense will keep progressing and it'll be a special team. You confident about making it through the year with COVID? Yeah, and I, I mean, I think the biggest thing about about uh, the coronavirus and COVID is you have to accept the challenge every single day. Uh, and I think the guys understand that, or at least the guys that I've been around. And uh, we're going to make sure that we hold each other accountable and that, we, that we're not only uh, playing football, a sport that we love, but we're going to try to show that we can do this and we can progress as a nation throughout this time if we do it the right and the safe way. Patrick Mahomes, really appreciate you taking all the time. Good luck. Have a fun year. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. Three, two, one. Back again on the Peter King Podcast. Today, joined by NBC Sports producer Annie Koblitz, who's my videographer for the trip. And Annie's been instrumental for me in my column in this past week. <laughs> you are so good at this. You're ridiculously good at this. I'm not going to have a job anymore. You're very good at imitating me. The amount of times I've heard three, two, one. <laughs> I've enough. I've heard it enough for a lifetime. Well, listen, I just, you know, as we, so this is late Thursday afternoon. We're driving to the airport in Kansas City on our way home from the abbreviated training camp trip. And, uh, you know, Annie has been absolutely invaluable on this trip. So I've been very, very glad to have her. And even though she bragged a little bit in her open, uh, what she said is true. So anyway, Annie, um, I i mean, you had a very interesting observation about the city of Kansas City and walking through Kansas City or going to a place in Kansas City and what the people were like. What did you tell me? Um, well, I'm from Cleveland and I think I connected with the people in Kansas City a little bit because you can't really go anywhere without the person you're interacting with or even passing in the street with on the sidewalk without them wanting to know where you're from, why you're here. And then they insist on recommending a barbecue place to you if you like barbecue <laughs> or not. Yeah. And so being in New York the past couple years, that's a that's a little jarring. Yeah. But it's nice. You know, it's interesting. I have always... 
I've eaten at all the barbecue places here, and I really like barbecue. But the other problem with eating so much barbecue is that, you know, you kind of say, well, let's try something else this time. But anyway, we didn't have barbecue in Kansas City, but we did have a wonderful little coffee stop, didn't we? You found it. The hi-hat. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's over in Kansas, right over the border from Missouri. And we were able to stand on both sides of a street. Half was in Missouri, half in Kansas. That was kind of a highlight, wasn't it? You, it was you, a hi-hat light. That you, was nice. You got to be in Kansas for the first time in your life. Yes, you said, let's do something nice for you. We'll drive half a mile <laughs> and you'll touch the Kansas border. It was cool. And there was a woman at the coffee shop who insisted, insisted aggressively that we take a photo on the state line. And that was nice. Yeah, it was cute. Nice treat. Cutest but coffee shop in the world. It, it's unbelievable. You'll have to look at Football Morning in America, uh, my column today, because I'll have a, a photo of the coffee shop, which looks like a tiny little Cape Cod cottage. A little doesn't hut. It? Yep. Yeah, it's cute. But anyway, um, the other thing that was interesting about the trip to the coffee shop is that uh, they wanted to know, you know when we'd be back. <laughs> they asked... But, you know, Peter was raving about the spot, and they said, so you think you'll be back? And Peter very seriously said, no. <laughs> and they looked at each other confused, not sure if it was a joke or not, because they didn't know we were from out of town and realized that sadly I mean, we're we from, won't be back. We're from far out of town. But I'll tell you, if I cover the Chiefs in 2020, if it's possible to cover the Chiefs, uh, I will be back at the hi-hat. Annie, I want to ask you just your, your opinion just quickly about the Chiefs, the training camp. It seemed very strict, very regulated. Uh, we had our little squares to mm -hmm. stand in in the end zone. In the corner. And stick to your square. And uh, what did you think of Chiefs camp? Um, yeah, it was definitely the most strict of the four camps we went to. The most strict camp I've ever been to in the past three years. Um I don't have much to report on the actual play, so I'll ask you questions about how the team looked. Because I was only in—I was only allowed to be in there with my camera for 20 minutes, which is—it's pretty short. Um, and we were very far away in the corner, couldn't see much. But I like to judge a camp based on um, the music selection and the volume of the music. <laughs> and I think you should report the artist you discovered today. Um, what was the name of the artist? L-I-L baby. Lil baby. Lil baby. Peter King discovered Lil baby today. Yeah, and I got back in the car because Annie had left the premises and I watched for another hour and a half. And I said, hey, there was a good song uh, just as I left. It's by L-I-L baby. And she said, Lil baby. So, okay, <laughs> now, I, now I get that. Okay, but we could ramble forever. What were your takeaways of Chiefs camp? Annie, I thought what was really interesting is that so they picked a guy named Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round of the draft. Kind of surprised some people. He's a running back. And uh, today is Thursday. We went to practice on Wednesday and Thursday. And on Wednesday, what was so interesting about watching the practice is that the first four snaps in the 11-on-11 drill which was, you know, as close to a game as you're going to get in a practice. Um, 
every snap was a handoff to Edwards Hilaire. So there's no question in my mind he's going to be a key part of their offense. And very, very important now that, especially now that Damian Williams, the Super Bowl hero with two touchdowns and 104 rushing yards, you know, in the Super Bowl win over San Francisco, that he has opted out uh, for family reasons uh, because of COVID. So essentially, I mean, I, I kind of looked at them and I said, hey, they replaced one of their biggest losses, you know, in Damian Williams. And I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will be able to do <clears throat> just as much as, as Williams did. Who knows? Maybe a little bit more. Very, very good from watching two practices at making defenders miss. So what were you expecting to see from him as a rookie in terms of, like, his involvement with Patrick Mahomes or in the plays? Like, why was that so shocking that I he thought, got those first You know, four? Annie, I thought, I thought he would I, – I thought he would uh, – you know, be the starting back, which, I mean, who knows? It's opening day is still two and a half, three weeks away. But I thought he'd be the starting running back. But, you know, to get the ball is, I mean, I, he, they, they, had, they had more plays for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in these two practices than they had for Ty- Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, maybe two or three other receivers combined. Um, but... I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to get him into the offense. And so that on opening night, September 10th, Thursday night against, uh, uh, against Houston, that he's going to be ready. And, and look, you know what Andy Reid does? I think one of the things I wrote, I'm writing about in my column that, you know, will be up uh, as you hear this, if you want to look at it, Sort of the similarities I think there are going to be between Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if people can really remember this very well, but so in Kareem Hunt's uh, first game as a Kansas City Chief, which would have been, what, opening day 2018, 17, whatever year it was. Sometimes I get my years mixed up, but Patriots coming off of, you know, a, a, a Super Bowl win. They're playing Alex Smith and the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Chiefs put Kareem Hunt, this running back, I think third round from the University of Toledo. Nobody really knew much about him. He was one of the big heroes of that game. And the Chiefs came in and demolished the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So I think when I view what Andy Reid does as a coach, He's willing to take guys early in their rookie years and really make something of them. And that's what I think he's going to do with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Do you think that the amount of touches he was getting in practice today is similar to how many Hunt got his rookie year or maybe more because he has half the time to train for the season? You know, do you think he's getting four touches? That's a great question. Opposed to two a day over the span of two months. Yeah, I think think that's a really good question because, you know, Annie, remember the other day we were in Tampa at the beginning of our trip and... You mean last month? It feels so long ago. Yeah, it does. It's, It's a long time ago. But we were in Tampa and what was really interesting about that part of the trip is that, you know... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were basically being invented offensively. We saw Tom Brady's first huddle ever as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer 
you know, 30 days before the start of their season. So everything is in a hurry. And Blaine Gabbard, the backup quarterback, gave me a great line. He goes, today was OTA practice number one, May 15th. Right. So basically, you know, not even basically, really, Tampa's offense is two months behind. And they have to catch up like yesterday. And so if you apply that to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, look, he's an accomplished college running back. He was Joe Burrow's safety uh, net at LSU. He's a great player, you know, especially in 2019. But now if you look at uh, Edwards-Hilaire, he is going to be they're almost going to demand that he hit the ground running. So he's got to be able to be everything early on uh, that Kareem Hunt was. Yeah, and how did Patrick Mahomes look? That's what everybody's going to want to know. Yeah, I think he looked really good. I, You know, the interview that you heard on this podcast, me and Patrick Mahomes, you know, as I've talked about a couple of times how weird it is, normally we would have gotten to Kansas City and I would have either sat in a conference room for 20 minutes with Mahomes or maybe I would have sat on a bench outside after practice um, with Mahomes or because their training camp is in St. Joseph, Missouri uh, at Missouri Western University, Missouri Western College, whatever it is. What's really interesting about that is because they still go away, they oftentimes will do their interviews over lunch. So I might have been in the cafeteria at Missouri Western Mm -hmm. having chicken noodle soup and interviewing (laughs) Patrick Mahomes. But this time, I interviewed him from room 2310 of the JW Marriott in Nashville Mm -hmm. because Mahomes' interview day this week happened to be Tuesday. We arrived in Kansas City very late Tuesday night, and we would not have been able to interview him if we wanted to do it. First of all, we couldn't do it in person anyway, but we wouldn't have been able to interview him this year because, uh, you know, we got there too late. But I think the interesting thing about Mahomes and the great thing about, not the great thing about the interview, but the great thing about what he said was, you know, when I told him about, maybe just sign this $472 million contract Mm -hmm. and how's this going to change you? And his whole point was, as you heard in the interview, you know, this is really not about me. I was going to be able to have whatever I wanted to have anyway. I'm not somebody with dramatic, lavish tastes or anything. And I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say those words, but that's kind of the way it was. Mahomes said, for me, this was about generational wealth. And Which I is find... such a concept, so wise beyond his <laughs> yeah, years. How old is he? It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Who thinks he... like that? Well, you know, if I had been thinking on my feet at that moment, I probably would have said something like, that is something that you hear from people who argue about getting reparations mm-hmm. for black people in the country, mm-hmm. that they have been robbed of being able to get generational wealth. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, that's Mahomes. And look... If I were the Kansas City Chiefs, can I tell you a quick little story? Of course. From last year after the AFC Championship game, Patrick Mahomes is 
just beaten Tennessee. They're going to the Super Bowl. Everybody's all excited. In Kansas City, after games, and again, this is last year. This is pre-pandemic, and I got to tell you, man, I'm going to miss this. I'm really, really going to miss this. But after the game, after that championship game, Patrick Mahomes was at his locker, and there was a like a cadre of like maybe six or eight, you know, two little boys of, you know, some person who had, you know, a relationship with some big chiefs, big, big week. The kids wanted to meet Patrick. So he said, hey, how old are you? Where are you from? Uh, how'd you like the game? You know, put his arm around both of them, arms around both of them, took a couple of photos. Hey, have a great day, guys. Thank, thanks for coming over and, and talking. He just, Patrick Mahomes is not only a great football player, Mm-hmm. He does crap right. Yeah. You know, he it's just true. does. He just knows how to do all this stuff. He's um, a nice guy. But this last thing, last point I really wanted to make about our trip to Kansas City. Everybody is going to say, so you think the Chiefs will repeat? Right. And I talked about this a little bit in my uh, little NBC two-minute, here's what I thought of training camp. But everybody's going to wonder, okay, do they still have that drive? Do they still have that desire? And there was a play in Thursday's practice that I thought was just so emblematic of a team that really wants it. And Mm -hmm. for people who know Tyron Matthew, basically he is an intense guy who turned his life around at 21 or 22, and he could have gone down the wrong path and been a statistic, but... He changed his life, and good for him. He's been an incredibly valuable guy to several teams and now to the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. He lined up in a one-on-one receiver versus DB drill, and Demarcus Robinson, one of the Kansas City receivers, ran out and did, I'm guessing, an 8- or 10-yard curl and turned around, and he got blasted by... Tyron Matthew, not tackled, but Tyron Matthew just drove through him wow. to get the to knock the ball away. And when he did this, he basically then gave the signal of incomplete. Like, <laughs> and he was all fired up, and everybody's out there yelling and hollering and everything. It was kind of a cool moment, but kind of like a game. It sounds like it was a game. And what I think is cool about that, honestly, is, I mean, think about it. It's August, whatever, 20th, and, you know, this moment in practice is not really going to matter when you face the Houston Texans, but to Tyron Matthew, it matters because mm-hmm. you only play one way. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's, those are a couple things I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to mention. Um, so you think there'll be no Super Bowl hangover? They have a You know, you never can tell. Team. You yeah. never can tell, but, but, I mean, I don't see elements of a hangover happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you, you just never know. You never know the little hurdles you're going to face in the season, but I I think they're going to be okay. I, I'm i not positive right now because i got to pick it like in, a, I don't know, a week or so. But I don't really know who I'm going to pick, but I'm favorably inclined to you know, to pick the Chiefs. We'll just see. Um, but anyway, so anything else? Well, like you were saying how you had to do the interviews before practice, yeah. the day before you saw them play, which 
we never do since they're digital now. Is there anything that after watching Patrick or Honey Badger or Reed that you wish you could ask them if you could interview them today that you weren't able to from interviewing them before you got to actually watch them play? I would ask Mahomes, what is your level of comfort now with Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Mm -hmm. Because you worked him into the ground in these two practices and does it remind you at all of Kareem Hunt when yeah. even though Alex Smith was the quarterback in Kareem's breakout year uh, Patrick Mahomes was there and you know in 2017 and he, he saw everything happen but I'd probably ask him about Edwards Hilaire uh, and but as far as just the readiness of this team I think there's so much respect on this team, in this organization for Andy Reid, mm -hmm. that they're not ever going to, um, that they're not ever going to sort of, uh, you know, give it a half effort, you know. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I think they've got a good shot. Let's see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I'll make my pick and totally, as always, embarrass myself. We're coming up on the airport. We're going to have to dump out now. Annie, you've been great to have on the trip as usual. Thanks we, for having me. We had some good times. Great times. <laughs> we had some fun. As always. Yeah. Pandemic or not. Yeah, it was. stop this fun. It was really good. We, we weren't really limited that much by the pandemic, were we? Practice was pretty similar. I did miss the interactions with the guys after they came off the field. Those yeah. were always some really cool moments to watch yeah. you get. Um, but no, you know, we, we made it work. I wish normally right now, eight days in, we'd be like just getting in a rhythm because yeah. we'd have two weeks to go and it's over, which is sad. I wish it, I wish we had a few more camps yeah. to visit, but we made it work. You're, you know, you really love, I've always loved this time of year. And I think the only person who loved this time of year the way you did was Kaylin Kaler, yeah. who was my, uh, kind of protege at the MMQB and at Sports Illustrated. Yeah. When we called her the other day, you could tell she was... She missed it. She was, yeah. Because really, really two weeks it. ago, I was feeling that too. I was like, if I don't go on this camp trip, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need this. <laughs> and I could tell she missed it too. Yeah, she gets good. it. You know, one of the things you have to have on this camp trip is, I mean, at the risk of soundings, you got to be okay with driving for eight hours in the car. <laughs> and... I kind of like that. I think it is a cool thing to drive from Nashville to Kansas City and in the span of four hours or maybe three hours to drive over the Tennessee, Mississippi, and Missouri rivers. And, you know, did I know that was going to happen at the start of the day? No, I didn't really look at a map. But it's just, it's fun. I love the United States. I love traveling in the United States. And uh, I just, this is always sort of a highlight for me and I'm one of the few people if you ask me if I'd prefer to drive or fly I really might prefer to drive <laughs> me too we're yeah. carnies we're carnies in the yeah. road <laughs> yeah hey well anyway thank you Annie thank you since you were able to open this segment as me I'd now like you to close it as me oh wow shoot let me think how do you close them I just thank people for listening and I'll say see you on Wednesday with a new edition of the Peter King Podcast. Annie, thank you for joining me. See you all on Wednesday for a new edition of the Peter King Podcast. And be sure to check out my Football Morning in America column on NBCSports.com and all of our YouTube videos. 
Is that the plug? That's it. All Good right. job. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, essential central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.